You're listening to Criterion Channel Surfing, a podcast dedicated to the films of the Criterion Collection streaming video service, The Criterion Channel. I'm your host, Josh Hornbeck. Mark Herney, co-host of Criterion Close-Up and frequent guest of Criterion Now and first-time watchers, joins me today to discuss May's new releases and expiring titles. Stay with us as we start surfing the Criterion Channel. If you enjoy Criterion Channel Surfing, make sure to check out The Robert Taylor Odyssey, a blog written by Robert Taylor. Robert Taylor takes you along for a journey into his cinematic obsessions, from the Criterion Collection and Film Noir to the films of Akira Kurosawa and the American Film Institute's Top 100. Find out more at therobertaylorodyssey.wordpress.com. Criterion Cast, a podcast network and website for fans of quality theatrical and home video releases. Find out more at CriterionCast.com. My guest today is Mark Herney, co-host of Criterion Close-Up and frequent guest of Criterion Now and first-time watchers. Mark, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you, Josh, for having me. It's a pleasure. Uh, First-time caller and uh, really excited to talk about Criterion Streaming with you. Yeah. Well, uh, before we dive in, you know, I know that people who have listened to some of the other Criterion-related shows will know you, but for anyone who uh, maybe doesn't listen to the other shows, why don't we talk just a little bit about who you are and kind of your uh, background and experience with uh, criterion, uh, what drew you to the criterion collection mm-hmm. and, uh, what it is that kind of, uh, kind of gets you excited about film. Yeah. My, my first, I was always, always a film fan. I mean, I, and I think by many people of my, ge- my generation growing up in the late seventies and eighties, star Wars was a, f- a very mm-hmm. formative film. So I, I kind of feel like I've always been a, a film person, but I, I don't feel like I was really ever, a cinephile until a, a friend of mine um, named Jack Keith Silva, who um, introduced me to a couple of Criterion movies. And the, the one that really stuck out was um, the, he gave me Jules and Jim as like a little mm. taste, you know, try this out. And then I was, I was just hooked from there. And then he gave me the Antoine Duenel series. And I'm like, there, there's a whole nother world that uh, I just was not privy to. I, you know, I, I appreciated some, you know, international films, uh, but I just, you know, Daft Boot comes to mind as a personal favorite. But yeah, that that's kind of where I started. And it just grew from there. I started getting into thinking, you know, this spy number thing was kind of cool. And I, I've never seen a bad Criterion movie. So they're doing something right with curation. And so I, you know, became a collector of the physical media of sorts. And, uh, you know, I complete with the collection. I, I started that by going, buying, starting to buy the out of print stuff, which was a mm-hmm. mistake because then I got to the <laughs> point where I, I felt like, well, things keep going out of print and I don't want to miss out. So I'm just like, I'll just, you know, over, over a period of years, buy the collection uh, and there I have it. And now it's, it's to the point of, you know, just keeping it up, up to date. And, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, whenever I uh, get inspired to watch something, I'll pull out a Criterion set. So, you know, for example, I've got, still haven't seen the Cassavetti set and it's on the docket for 2021. 
Nice. That's awesome. That's really awesome. Yeah, I think, you know, we we're probably right around the same age. And, you know, I grew up watching a lot of those same movies and, and just enjoyed movies in general. And it was, you know, being exposed to classic films and foreign films. And, you know, as you start to make your entryway into a lot of these art house films and seeing that Criterion logo pop up, right. uh, for me, it was, you know, I was working at a, a blockbuster at the time and there was a little used DVD CD store just down the street. And, uh, I remember just kind of popping over every time and, and picking up those used Criterion discs, uh, just picking them up blind because I always felt like even if I don't particularly love the film, I feel like with the supplements, with the the commentaries, there's going to be something I'm going to get out of this experience. Um, yes. The yeah. film, the, the contextualization, uh, it's going to be worth having on my shelf. And, and yeah, just uh, being able to, to build that collection and build that library uh, of really great cinema to draw from and to be able to, to explore, uh, has, has been really invaluable for myself. So yeah, I, I totally hear you. It's, it's really wonderful to have just this incredible library and it's, right. it's, it's introduced me to other labels too, sure. like Arrow, like Eureka, like the other thing. So yeah, no, I hear you. Yeah, the the boutique labels, you know, it's it's mm-hmm. certainly a, a golden age of of physical media even though, you know, supposedly it's dying out. Um <laughs> look at what's announced every month, so it's yeah. yeah, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. Well, uh I'm curious to hear, you know, um a little before we started recording um or actually uh, I think in the the pre-show uh Patreon banter, you talked a little bit about your approach to the Criterion channel and how mm. you use it. Uh I'm curious to hear, you know, have you been a subscriber to the Criterion channel since day 1? Is it something that that you use a lot? Uh how do you use the channel? Yeah, I try to um you know, my, I think my biggest focus really are those those expiring titles. Um, mm. And w- what I do from a you know really a monthly standpoint is I, I'll use something that will kind of spur my my viewing really for that month. I'll just use that mm. as, as an excuse of what I'm going to watch. Um, and so that way, you know, I'm I'm usually only looking at watching probably three to four of those expiring titles a month. That's all I'm really going to get to. So it just makes it less daunting. Mm-hmm. So. For example, what I did in March, and I'm actually continuing, that's something else I'll do sometimes, is I was focusing on the expiring Claire Denis titles mm. um, because I there were some early Denis there, um, like the Chocolat was there, No Fear, No Die was there. And uh, I think the only one that was really missing from the early titles was I Can't Sleep. So. I did end up buying that on eBay because it's, you know, it's out of print and um, was still reasonable. Uh, but like Nanette and Bonet, a Bonet, I didn't actually get to that one. But uh, my one of my you know, interlibrary loan, I uh, was able to, mm. to use that to kind of supplement. So I'll use the channel to, you know, give me an excuse to watch something either I haven't been seen before or in this case with Claire Denis, go back to a, a filmmaker that. You know, after this month, once I watch um, a couple of those films, also The Intruder, uh, I'll be, you know, Denis feature complete. So I usually, you know, 
focus on the the expiring titles to kind of um, you know inform uh, some kind of viewing for that month. <laughs> That's neat, and I like that approach of really looking at like a filmmaker or a theme or uh, kind of a, a movement uh, in the right. the pre the for the the patreon listeners you were talking about kind of going through some you know uh some of the korean cinema and yeah uh, yeah i think that's a really really neat approach to to using the channel rather than doing just a scattershot approach to right. viewing whatever right. you want yeah and it's it's hard to you know like with i was thinking of the 70s bundle um, that was one to, that was easy to get a lot in, in, in October, of course, you know, that was mm-hmm. the month where, you know, some nights I'd get a couple of them in, um, but, you know, still didn't catch up with all of them. But, you know, that's the big thing, you know, for me is just, it's okay. It's okay not to, to catch everything, you know, it'll come back or you'll catch it somewhere else. So that's why I, you know, I say I, I definitely supplement with my own discs, um, that I, that I have, where I can and also utilize the library. So that, that, that again, is where I'll prioritize, you know, take, take the Claire Denis bundle, you know, for example, here's eight films. There's three of them that I can't get anywhere else. My local library can't get it. I don't own it. Can't rent it anywhere. Um, those are the ones that I'll watch. So that's great. Yeah. That's great. Well, you know, beyond being, you know, a cinephile and someone who loves, loves exploring films, you also do some podcasting and um, I'm curious to know, yeah, how did you get into that, and and how did that start for you? Yeah, that was something I was introduced by that same friend Keith to the the mm-hmm. film uh, podcast Film Spotting out of uh, Chicago, um, and so I just started listening to them while I was traveling for work, and uh, started doing a little social media work for them. You know, just wanted to to help out. Um, mm. Went out there for their 500th show and was <laughs> selling T-shirts and you know watched a, a live podcast. So um, started guesting on podcast. I my first podcast was actually uh, with David Blakesley. We talked about Redbeard, mm. and um, I for anyone out there, I don't recommend uh, doing a Criterion podcast first. Maybe do something else to kind of warm up because that was a bit daunting of a, a film to to get into. Uh, but you know, from there, I guessed it on the first time watchers, which is they do a, a weekly podcast of something they've never seen. So I, you know, I would mm. podcast there from on a monthly basis. Uh, in session film, we'd actually talk about film music. So they do some bonus content. So that was you know kind of playing the music and talking about it. And of course, uh, Aaron West reached out to me some years ago, and we started the Criterion Close Up podcast, which was. Very daunting, Josh. I don't know what we were thinking, but it was a, <laughs> a week long podcast and every, uh, our weekly podcast, and every show was, you know, all the Criterion news. We'd pick a Criterion Blu ray to, uh, you know, watch the film and all the supplements and talk about all of those things. <laughs> and we'd also supplement with like a film movement. So, like, you know, one week it was Francois Truffaut. And I'd, you know, I was like, oh, I've got to watch like four to six Truffaut movies this week. And it was, <laughs> it was daunting. So we, we, you know, that kind of pulled back for a while and we ended up just, you know, doing the, the weekly show that was, yeah. you know, focused on a, a Blu-ray. And then from there, you know, Criterion close-ups on hiatus and we, and there is, you know, I just guessed with Aaron from time to time on Criterion now, which is a, just a great, you know, fun, mm-hmm. fun format, um, you know, talking about the news and doing some short takes. So. Yeah, a lot of fun. 
Yeah, that's great. That's great. Yeah, I remember those early days of Criterion close up uh when you when you all moved over into the Criterion cast uh under the Criterion cast umbrella. You know, I I try to be podcast complete and so I remember uh going back and listening to those early episodes and uh trying to catch up uh, Excellent. before before listening and uh yeah, you were you all were uh quite ambitious back in the day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it's probably, you know, looking back, uh that's the kind of thing like if you're going to do a, a kind of a big show like that considering a movement you know as well probably would have been better to be like you know twice a month or monthly yeah uh, yeah you know but uh, but but as it is now it really like i said kind of morphed into criterion now which is just a you know really fun you know up-to-date format but also gives you the chance to kind of share a few film thoughts and you know yeah. short takes so yeah. yeah that's great that's great well Let's go ahead and dive into the Criterion Channel's new and expiring titles for the month of May. Before we, before I run down the uh, breathless list of titles here, Mark, what are your first impressions of the the films that are uh, that have come to the channel this month? I it, it's pretty exciting. I again, but the way that I uh, focus my my watching, it's like, well, when are these going to expire? When do I have to? <laughs> when do I have to watch these by? Um, but I, I just love the you know the mix of of how they do everything with. Uh, and mm-hmm. we'll, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about what sticks out to me and what I kind of lean towards as far as these these bundles go. But you know, you, you've always got your newer films. You've got uh, some typically from a master which is which is great and many 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 that i've never heard of before so yeah it's as it always is every month it's a exciting batch yeah you know i always like to say it's like it's like someone has turned on the fire hose or like a, <laughs> a deluge of uh, a film that is just uh, incredible yeah agreed all right yeah. well let's uh let's dive into this uh we have uh Sachijit ray at 100 Featuring uh, Pather Panchali, Aparahito, The Music Room, A Persancer, Devi, and uh, just a whole lot of other titles. And it also features a documentary entitled uh, Sajujit Ray from 1984. We have directed by Mitchell Lesion with Death Takes a Holiday, Murder at the Vanities, Easy Living, Midnight, Remember the Night, Kitty to Each His Own, No Man of Her Own, and Darling, How Could You? We have an actor's actor starring Gina Rollins with Shadows, Lonely Are the Brave, Faces, Machine Gun McCain, Minnie and Moskowitz, A Woman Under the Influence, Opening Night, Gloria, Tempest, and Night on Earth. We have Dangerous Men starring Robert Ryan with Crossfire, Caught, The Setup, On Dangerous Ground, Bad Day at Black Rock, Odds Against Tomorrow, and The Wild Bunch. We have After the War with The Blue Dahlia, The Razor's Edge, The Men, The Idiot, The Man in the Gray Flannel Suit, Lilith, Welcome Home Soldier Boys, The Last Detail, and Death Dream. We have Silent Cinema Trailblazer, directed by Lois Weber, with the features The Dumb Girl of Portisi, Shoes, The Blot, and the shorts Suspense and Discontent. 
We have Blacklisted, written by Dalton Trumbo, with Kitty Foil, 30 Seconds Over Tokyo, Our Vines Have Tender Grapes, Gun Crazy, He Ran All the Way, Roman Holiday, and a few other films in that, including Spartacus, which I think is the first time that film has made it to the channel. Mm -hmm. We have three-starring George Siegel, with King Rat, The Hot Rock, and California Split. We have The Lives of Artists, five films by Michael Almereda, with the features William Eggleston in The Real World, Escapes, and the shorts Skinner Grove, The Lonedale Operator, and To the Unknown. Uh, as part of their new True Stories uh, classification they premiered last month, we also have the documentaries Dina, Mala Mala, Wild Combination, a portrait of Arthur Russell, and The Booksellers. We have directed by Josephine Decker with the features Butter on the Latch, Thou Wast Mild and Lovely, and Flames, and the shorts Squeezebox, Me the Terrible, First Day Out, and The Mask Task. For their women filmmakers, they are featuring The House is Black and Hooligan Sparrow. For their exclusive streaming premieres this month, they have Fire Will Come, and What Happened Was. For their Saturday matinees this month, they're featuring Rebecca of Sunnybrook Farm, A Parajito, A Night at the Opera, An Inn in Tokyo, and Oliver Twist. This month's Criterion Collection editions are Dance Girl Dance, Girlfriends, and Spartacus. This month's short plus features are Hasaki Yasuda and Yojimbo, Stray and Wanda, 575 Castro Street and the Times of Harvey Milk, and The Fall and Kronos. This month's double features are Ingrid Bergman in Her Own Words and Stories We Tell, Patton and Mash, A Touch of Zen and The Fate of Lee Khan, and The Last Movie and Along for the Ride. They're doing the Criterion Original Series Observations on Film Art this month with Paths and Roads in Pather Panchali. They have uh, a few new titles for The Maestro, scores by Ennio Morricone, with A Pistol for Ringo, The Return of Ringo, The Cat of Nine Tales, What Have You Done to Solange, Property is No Longer a Theft, The Thing, and Wolf, and new to the 30 Years of the Film Foundation bundle, they are featuring their restorations of The Music Room, Barom Sarat, and Black Girl. So yeah, I mean, it's a lot of films. Some of these are films that are part of the permanent collection that are repackaged and are just given new context by the way they're setting them up. But my goodness, it's just, it's so much here, right? Yeah. It's, 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 it's overwhelming sometimes. Um, you know, so it's, it's, where do you, where do you prioritize? Exactly. Exactly. Well, and that's, and that's why I have you on the show today, Mark. That's right. Where do that's you prioritize? <laughs> so, uh, I am curious, what are the films that you are really excited to catch? What are the films that you really want to recommend? Let's, uh, let's dive into this and, uh, let's, let's start there. Sure. I think the, the the one that stood out to me the most is just gimme, gimme, gimme more Satajit Ray. Yeah. Um, that's that's wonderful to see. Um, just more films there. That's kind of one similar to Claire Denis for me that I'd be going back and revisiting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of the, the film, like I've watched a bunch and need to watch more. 
to me, Apu may be the best trilogy of all time. And of course we talked Star mm-hmm. Wars being a <laughs> big Star Wars yeah. and Lord of the Rings guy. Um, so just getting more uh, of his films is, is wonderful. I, the ones that I added to my list are again, the ones that aren't on physical li- uh, discs. So, you know, yeah. Debbie, uh, Rabban, Rabin Dranath, I believe it mm-hmm. is Tregor, uh, three daughters, uh, would note that the coward is on the big city mm-hmm. uh, Blu-ray, so there's that. The holy man and the elephant god, but the one that I'm really going to uh, champion and focus on as one I haven't seen is the chess players. Mm-hmm. Um, that one, it, it almost seems that's from 1977. It almost seems a little bit like a spiritual sequel to uh, the Music Room, just mm-hmm. in that it has a. Um, it's, it's about the, the ruler of one of the last independent king kingdoms of India. And it tells the story of how, you know, instead of with mounting pressure, he's composing, uh, poems and listening to music secluded in his palace reminds me, um, again of, mm-hmm. of that, but yeah. also, you know, spending days playing endless parties of chess. So yeah, sign me up. <laughs> That's the one I'm going to prioritize. Yeah, I think that's a really great title too. And I'm I'm not sure. I'm looking at the Janus Films website. That may be one of the only ones there that is not part of the permanent collection mm. as well. Um so I I think that that's a good one to go ahead and prioritize. prioritize uh, yeah. Cuz I do think that uh most of the other Sachidit Ray films are are part of that. I could be wrong. Michael yeah. Hutchins will um, will he, let me know. <laughs> he will let me know. Um, so don't yeah. take my my word for it, listeners. But um, uh, that's one that I'm not sure that I remember being being there. Now um, it is on Prime, so that's the other. You know, yeah. If, you, you know, if you're looking for uh, just a you know to prioritize it, but who knows how long it's going to be there? But it, yeah. I you know, for the physical media folks, there's there's been the rumor of the box set. Uh, mm-hmm. coming out at some point and you know he this is his year he this would be his centennial of course that's the name you know the name of the bundle so yeah uh, hopefully we do see all of these films uh, physically as well but you know, yeah that would be great yeah yeah what else are you really uh looking forward to well the one of the other um kinds of bundles that i get most excited for josh is the 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 directed by so mm-hmm. uh, i and this is another one i i love to go to the channel to add what might have been hard to find content for some other modern directors yeah so my examples there of recent ones for me uh, are andrea arnold uh, the safety brother brothers and of course the aforementioned claire denis uh, just a way to see some films that may not be available any other way of, of mm-hmm. some of these more, you know, modern directors. So, yeah. uh, Josephine Decker, uh, fits that bill yeah. uh, in this case. So, and I, I really like Madeline's Madeline. I need to, I really need to see that again, but yeah, I found, uh, Shirley from last year, just even easier to dig. So I, I think I'm going to dig into Decker. Um, and I think what I'm, going to do is actually focus on flames especially mm. there's a number of them there you know butter on the latch um well you, you mentioned them all there but i think yeah. flames is what i'm going to focus on because i want to see what she does as a documentary uh and this is a co-director that's a 2017 yeah. film 
uh, because, you know, I, I felt like Madeline's Madeline was almost kind of that blend of documentary and fiction. Uh, so I, I want to see what she does with um, an actual, you know, documentary film. There, there's other, you know, documentary shorts on in the bundle and available from her. So, you know, let's see what uh, Josephine Decker does there. That's great. Yeah. Uh, so uh, before we started recording, uh, I mentioned that uh, I'm gearing up for my kind of at home film festival that I do that I'd started doing last year. And, uh, one of the things, the projects that I'm going to do during there is, a a day spent just kind of digging into the Josephine Decker mm. filmography. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to spend the day with Josephine Decker and digging into her films. Cause I really did appreciate Madeline's Madeline as well. And Excellent. so, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to kind of, kind of look at that progress from her short work into her first features and really up through Shirley and to, to spend some time with some interviews and, right. um, and, and really see, see what it is that she is, is doing as an artist. And, uh, so yeah, I think this is an exciting, exciting package. And I love that they have this, this work that is really unique uh right. added into this bundle so yeah yeah, yeah. and I, I think her stuff has been um you know like oscilloscope had madeline's madeline from a mm -hmm. physical standpoint and surely i know artificial eye i'm not sure who had the u.s release so it's mm -hmm. nice to see it you know come to uh criterion as well and w will you go chronologically yeah i'm gonna go chronologically and do the full when i do these kind of what I call them on my for my little festival page is a, a filmmaker retrospective. I try to do the full, the full chronological retrospective to see how it all how they all fit together. Yeah, excellent, excellent. I did Celine Siama last year because uh, oh, I hadn't seen any of her films, and uh, such that a was just favorite. Yeah. a great journey to go through her work. Um, and so I'm going to be doing Josephine Decker and Isabel Sandoval this year. Um, excellent. So excited for that yeah yeah female directors too yeah i love yeah. celine siam i i complete with her too and she only has a few features but she's yeah. she's just one of our best living directors i think yeah right? so. exactly yeah and i like that josephine decker is is really uh, experimental especially in the way she works with actors and i think yes. that is uh, really really incredible and so to see how she uses some of those styles and documentaries will be interesting yeah agreed yeah yeah cool. I, I'm really uh, excited to catch the Lois Weber bundle. Again, I, I think that so often the contributions of women at the beginning of cinema are have been erased by a lot of historians, and I'm glad that we're beginning to excavate that more and more, and I'm glad that there are a lot of people championing that. And so uh, I'm excited to catch these... Uh, these early works from a uh, pioneering uh, silent filmmaker. So that's one that I'm really, really eager for. Yeah. Uh, that's a great choice. I, I love to see, you know, criterion going back into the silent era as well. Yeah. Um, seen a lot of, you know, other, you know, I guess physical media companies going in there and, and seeing mm -hmm. them going into, um, you know, someone like Lois is great. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. I think that's really neat. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm also really, really excited for uh, Nan Fu Wang's Hooligan Sparrow. She's a documentarian. Uh, I've seen two of her films now. I saw her most recent one at the Seattle International Film Festival last mm. month. It's called "In the Same Breath," uh, kind of looking at China's response to the COVID crisis and the way China used propaganda 
uh, to essentially make the crisis worse uh, hmm. around the world. And so she's a really, uh, she's a really great political filmmaker. And, uh, so it'll be really, I'm really eager to see her first film and see, um, how she started, uh, her work. And it's always That's interesting great. to see, uh, Chinese filmmakers who are able to critique the state and get away with it. And, uh, so, uh, I think, uh, this was one that I'm, I'm very, very eager to, uh, to dive into. So, yeah, you have another one that cool. you're really excited to catch as well. Yeah, I was kind of thinking of of uh, one more. This is a again from a bundle perspective. One of my favorites is the exclusive streaming premieres. Uh, this is really became a favorite when I was catching up with some 2020 films and realized how many the Criterion Channel had. So mm-hmm. this helped me with Baccarat, uh, yeah. Vitalina Barella, uh, the Pedro Costa film, uh, Sorry We Missed You from Ken Loach. And Zombie Child, the Bertrand Bonello film, and I think those are mm-hmm. all still you know on the channel. None of them yeah. have expired, I believe. So always great. So the one that uh, from the exclusive streaming premieres was interesting to me, and uh, but this one actually goes back in time. It's not a, a new mm-hmm. film in this case. Uh, was uh, what happened was this is a and it's what happened was dot dot dot. Yes. Um, <laughs> this is a 1994 film. It's a it's a lost masterpiece from IMDb of the 1990s independent cinema that comes out in a new restoration. It won the grand jury prize for screenwriting at Sundance, and it's Tom Noonan, uh, mm. his singular uh, directorial debut. So um, it's a it's a noted favorite of Charlie Kaufman, and mm. so. You know, that intrigues me. And he called it, mm-hmm. he calls it wildly heartbreaking and terribly funny. So that's mm. really, that's what I'm looking for in my comedies when there's a little heartbreak there too. So yeah, sign me up for, for, uh, what happened was. That sounds really fascinating. Yeah. I know that oscilloscope, uh, will be releasing it at some point. And so, yeah, that sounds really Excellent. great. Uh, I was, that's one that I've been curious about, but not, I, I haven't done a whole lot of reading on it, but um, thanks for, for digging in a little bit more because that makes me more more eager to watch it. So yeah, yeah, it's it's one wasn't on my radar at all, but it's yeah, it's a it's supposed to be you know dark, humorous, and also mm-hmm. you know borders on surreal. So yeah, yeah. sounds good. Well, that's great. You have one recommendation here, and so I'm curious to hear uh, what it's the film that you really want to recommend to people. I do, yeah. I mean, so the the and, and I remember, you know, Michael Hutchins has championed these, and rightly so. The mm. uh, Criterion Collection editions, because you know, you get the film and you get the supplements that are on the mm-hmm. Blu-ray. So, yeah, you know, whether you're not sure if you want to buy something or try it before you buy, or maybe you don't want to buy, um, mm-hmm. but. You know, I'm a Criterion Blu-ray buyer, so um, I just I wanted to recommend one, and it uh, this one is Girlfriends, which is mm. it's an excellent indie film. I I think it set the template, and I I don't know all the history, but it it set the template or at least contributed to what we see, you know, for a lot of independent cinema of the '90s and 2000s. Yeah. I think, and the supplements are really really great. I, I and I think there there's a lot of passion in these supplements. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have some excellent interviews with the director, Claudia Wheel. She has a real, I think, a really deep understanding of filmmaking um, as she, you know, she came from documentary to fiction. 
And uh, just as an example that really stuck out to me, and I even just added to my notes um, about, you know, to kind of get me thinking about the difference between, you know, fiction and documentary. It, um, it, she says that uh, fiction films, they start with a script and uh, and how to tell the story is put together visually from there with the footage and the editing. But for documentary, you have a subject and you're putting the story together as you go along mm-hmm. and the script is there at the end. So it's almost like that backwards um, process. You know, so just things like that, just I, I found fascinating. So r- really great film uh, or, you know, about this uh, this friendship between these these two women and uh, just some really exciting supplements. So, you know, see the film, watch the supplements. That's great. That's really good. Yeah, I I really, really appreciated the film when I saw it on, when it was on the channel originally. And uh, I do think that um, uh, I, I was so happy that criterion uh got the rights to release it on disc as well uh, i think that it's um a fantastic addition to the the catalog so yeah absolutely yeah yeah i'm gonna recommend a couple of films by uh one by a filmmaker and one by a performer and and these are people that i think many of us are, are familiar with but i i want to recommend some titles that i think maybe aren't as as seen so I'll start with Satyajit Ray, and I absolutely love the film Devi. I think it was made right after the Music Room. Uh, at least it comes that way in the the Satyajit Ray at a hundred bundle. It is a, a heartbreaking but just so powerful film, uh, looking at um, gender roles and the way that uh, religion is used to to trap people to the way it can be used to enforce rigid, uh, rigid class structures. It's, mm. it's just such a powerful, such a heartbreaking, such a beautiful work of empathy. I think it is up there with the, the best work that Ray is doing. I think that it it's one though, that just is not as, as well seen. It's been, part of the permanent collection for a long time. So it's one that just doesn't get seen as often. So I'm glad that they're pulling it up with part as part of this uh, larger bundle. I'm hoping that people will see it. I think I covered it as a recommendation in um, one of my uh, is one of my short takes in one of the, um, the episodes uh, several months ago, but um when I saw it, I was just blown away by it. And it reminds me that every time I watch a Satyajit Ray film, I'm, I just continue to be stunned by his work. This man was just, uh, an astounding filmmaker. And, uh, this is one that just blew me away. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I would highly recommend this film. And then, yeah, yeah. And then from the Gina Rollins bundle, you know, there's a lot of her work with Cassavetes is great. I mean, I know a lot of us will go to A Woman Under the Influence because I think it's one of her her great performances. But I also really want to highlight Opening Night. I think that this is one that, uh, again, showcases a lot of her range, a lot of her, the just the breadth of what she is able to do. And it is charming and delightful there's some just incredible sequences 
there are some wonderful sequences of her and Cassavetes on stage together uh, in front of an audience. And you see them in real time ad-libbing and making up the scene as they go. And it is just, it's stellar what they're doing there. Mm. And um, again, Gina Rollins is just one of the great performers and you just you see just all of her spark all of her uh just the the fierce intelligence as a performer uh in this film and uh so i would really really highly recommend uh catching opening night uh if you have not seen this one and if you've only stuck to some of the earlier cassavetti stuff right yeah, that's going to be part of my my marathon. So I'm looking yes. forward to it. <laughs> I'm excited that you're uh, you're doing the 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 box set. So, oh, yeah, that's time. It's yes. way overdue, Josh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, as I like to say uh, around these parts, Criterion gives and Criterion taketh away. So yes, they do. We have a lot of things that are are leaving this month. Right off the bat, from The Dangerous Men, starring Robert Ryan Bundle, we are losing the Wild Bunch. So that's a one-month engagement. So catch it while you can. We are also losing the directed by Preston Sturgis Bundle, with Christmas in July, The Great McGinty, The Lady Eve, Sullivan's Travels, The Palm Beach Story, Hail the Conquering Hero, The Miracle of Morgan's Creek, and Unfaithfully Yours. From the starring Dirk Bogard bundle, we're losing The Damned and Death in Venice. From Lovers on the Run, we're losing Gun Crazy and Thomasine and Bushrod. From Black Westerns, we're losing Sergeant Rutledge, Duel at Diablo, and Buck and the Preacher. From The Gamblers, we're losing The Hustler. We're losing The Three by Rick Alverson bundle, which includes New Jerusalem, The Comedy, and Entertainment. From the short films by Julie Dash Bundle, we're losing Illusions. We're losing a good chunk of the Afrofuturism bundle, including The Brother from Another Planet, Yaleen, The Last Angel of History, White Out, Black In, Crumbs, Once There Was Presilia, and Supamoto. From the directed by Marguerite von Trotta Bundle, we're losing Marianne and Julianne, Rosa Luxemburg, Vision from the Life of Hildegard von Bingen and Hannah Ardent. From the documentaries by Alan Berliner Bundle, we're losing The Family Album, Intimate Stranger, Nobody's Business, and The Sweetest Sound. From the films by Marie Lozier Bundle, we're losing The Ballad of Genesis and Lady Eve and Cassandra the Exotico. From 70s Horror, we're losing The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. From Queer Sided Queer Fear, we're losing the last film in that bundle, which is Hellraiser. From Art House America, The Doris Duke, we're losing August at Ekikos and Out of State. We're losing the Saturday matinees of Little Women, Shane, and The Railway Children. We're losing the Criterion Collection editions of The In-Laws and The Manchurian Candidate. And we're losing individual titles of Edge of the City, MASH, A New Leaf, Goodbye Lennon, the Silent Partner, My Golden Days, White God, Watermelon Man, Cooley High, Dawson City, Frozen Time, The Reflecting Skin, and La Flore. So, Ouch. yeah, it's <laughs> it's a chunk, especially with La Flore in there. That's a that's a lot of hours to uh, to to miss if you miss that one. It really um, is. So 
Mark, what are you going to try to catch, and mm. what do you recommend people catch before before they leave, or however you want to do that one? Yeah. Yeah. So I I have uh, it's funny I had four on there on here that I wanted to catch, and I've actually caught one of them, and I can recommend nice. it. So nice. So I have one <laughs> one recommended, and three. Uh, boy, I, I hope I can get to the the first one that I did catch was the reflecting skin. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is from 1990, written and directed by Philip Ridley. This one was on my radar kind of a, for a weird reason, but it happens sometimes for me due to my music proclivities. Uh, there was a sample from the movie used in a song by the post-industrial experimental electronic band Coil, mm. which industrial is going to come up in my my last uh, selection as well. This film is a it's a surreal story. It's told from a, a child's perspective that it feels like it may have influenced uh, the Terry Gilliam film Tideland. I think it was from mm. 2005. Mm-hmm. Very similar uh, to that in, in, in many ways, I think. I, I'm not sure you know what to make yet of the ending on first watch but i'm really starting to come around like that is that's that truly coming of age moment and this this is it's a surreal coming of age film so i i highly recommend this if you like your cinema a bit weird a bit surreal with some horror in i certainly recommend it and an early performance from uh it's funny he doesn't come until halfway through but from Viggo Mortensen so mm. yeah mm. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. I think uh, Michael Hutchins has uh, been uh, recommending this one for a while as well. So he did. Yes. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. This is a, this was one that uh, I think I might have to try to catch as well. And it's not long either. I think it's only an hour and a half. So unlike my second pick, which <laughs> I, I, I've got to be honest, Josh, I, I, I really was, I was gearing up for this one, but um, I, it's just not going to happen. I, yeah. And it, the reason for me is um, I, I should have, you know, started it a couple months ago and then I could have finished it. But LaFleur, it's 14 hours. It's, yes. it's a 2019 U.S. release film I wanted to catch that year. Um, it was on a, a number of Art House top 10 lists that I saw. And I just, you know, haven't been able to catch it yet. And it's a film. It's in six episodes uh, connected by the same four actresses. Um, features various subplots that play with narrative and different cinematic genres. Um, so I mean, sign me up, uh, normally, but it's from Argentinian director, uh, Mariano Ginas, I believe it's pronounced. And again, I should have started it early on. It's just not going to happen at this point. And it is difficult because there's no physical release. Uh, there is a German Blu-ray out there that I've seen on Amazon and eBay. It has English subtitles, so I may get that, or maybe there'll be another uh, Blu-ray. But you know, if you have the time, I think it's broken into four pieces. You know, between three and a half and four hours. You've seen it, Josh. Uh, do yeah. you recommend it? Oh, it's it's magnificent. Uh, yeah. I watched it last year. I think over three days. And it's, it's an incredible experience that, uh, I just, I cannot recommend highly enough. I think it is, it's one of those just, uh, absolutely captivating experiences that, uh, you won't, you don't, you won't, you won't regret, but yeah, it's no, I saw it. I saw it at home, but I do have a projector, so it's close enough to a big screen. (laughs) Excellent. Uh, I've heard of seeing this over like a day or two, you know, on the big screen. So, which would be fabulous. But yeah, 
it's transporting. It's transporting mm. the way the way uh, the film just kind of takes you on this this incredible journey. So yeah, I I cannot recommend it highly enough. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, cool. well. Uh, I will uh, recommend, I'm going to recommend two films from the Afrofuturism bundle. Uh, this is one that I am going to just continue to to recommend probably until until I die. Uh, I love <laughs> Supermoto. I think this film is one of the great, uh, one of my favorite discoveries from a few years ago. It came out in, um, it came, or I, I saw it at the Seattle Film Festival. And uh, I had been waiting for it to get uh, distribution. It is uh, just absolutely a, a beautiful story about community, about grief, about loss, about resilience. It's it's a magnificent film. And uh, it's a, a great family film as well. So hmm. for anyone listening that has kids, I think this is one that you can watch with your kids uh, as long as they're okay with subtitles uh, <laughs> or you're okay to kind of help them through the subtitles. This is, it's the story of a, of a young girl who uh, is dying of cancer and her mother takes her out of the hospital uh, to spend her last days and the way the community comes around her. And, um, mm. uh, she wants to be a superhero. So they help make that dream <laughs> a reality. And it is a delight from beginning to end, but it never denies the grief. It never denies the loss. Uh, it never, uh, looks away from that. And yet it is also just, uh, just a powerful film about the, the way community comes together. So, uh, mm. yeah, I cannot recommend that one highly enough. Well, I'm going to have to add that to the list and I think I can, it, it's only an hour and 15 minutes. So yeah. I think I can fit that one in And I think you mentioned SIF and I think this played my local Vermont international yep. film festival as well. And is one that I missed. So now I can catch it. Thank you, Josh. Yes. Yes. I, I highly recommend that one. And I also really want to recommend the brother from another planet. I love this film. I did a, a John Sayles binge a few years ago, maybe, I don't know, five or six years ago, and uh, was working my way through his filmography. And he is such an intriguing filmmaker to me, especially when you consider his writing credits include things like Piranha and, uh, you know, uh, The Howling and a lot of these genre films. But he used the money that he made from all of these genre exercises to fund his work as a novelist and to fund these films that are really much more political in nature and have a, a much higher, uh, a much greater interest in issues of justice. And mm -hmm. I think the brother from another planet is just uh, a really phenomenal film and uh joe morton i believe is uh the lead in that and he is really great uh it's very low budget all of his films uh, have a very low budget and yet mm. they all feature great performances and he does a lot with a little in all of his films and uh, i think this is a a really again a, a great film to catch there's uh i'm going to try to catch more of the afrofuturism bundle before it leaves mm. but those are two that I've seen that I think are really great. Uh, I mean, Yelene is also another really good one. So this is a, a really incredible bundle. Great pick. Yeah. What are the other ones that you're excited to catch? So two, 
two that I are scheduled, and, and actually this next one is scheduled. I, I have a biweekly movie group that we used to meet in person, and due to COVID, we connect via Facebook Messenger, mm. and uh, we'll watch a movie, you know, hit play at the same time, and then we, you know, have a little video call to talk about it after. So nice. this has been a, a blind spot for me for a long time, 1953 Shane, director for George Stevens. It's been super high on my to-see Western list for a long time, and frankly, I do own the Masters of Cinema Blu-ray, so a bit of a cheat here with this pick because I'm going to be bluing rather than streaming, but um, the rest of my friends will be watching it uh, on the Criterion channel, or I think it's also on Prime, so I've heard nothing but uh, wonderful things about this, so I can't wait. Oh, that's great. And the second film that you... Uh, want that are you're really excited to catch yeah so this is another short one that i boy am i glad i i clicked on this the Mm. it was actually the cover that that drew me in so it's the the ballad of genesis and lady jane so Mm. i wasn't familiar with this at all um, but it features genesis porridge who i mentioned industrial music earlier Genesis is credited with inventing the term industrial music and as well Mm. as being one of its pioneers. He is a founding member of the industrial group Throbbing Gristle. And he as leading into this movie, why it's, it sounds so interesting to me is he underwent breast implant surgery and refers to himself as now it's S slash H E. So I'm going to say he, and it's Mm. a, it's a documentary about the artist Genesis and his wife and collaborator Lady Jane, and it it's centered around the transformations that the pair underwent as part of their and uh, Pandrogeny project, I believe it's pronounced. Mm. And so it's sounds extremely interesting to me. Um, you know the he and he, it says here that he isn't turning himself into her. Rather, long before she left her body, as he says, the two sought to merge themselves into one being, which is, you know, what he termed prandrogyny. So, I don't know. It sounds fascinating to me. And, uh, of course, that that uh, connection of a band, you know, Throbbing Gristle and, and musical style that I enjoy. I'm just curious to see um, how that, you know, someone that is involved in that er- arena translates into a documentary like this. So. The Ballad of Genesis and Lady Jane. <laughs> yeah, that sounds really fascinating. And I think, too, just as as we as a culture are becoming more aware of uh, trans issues and, mm. and trying to understand this more, I think this is a, a really important, looks like a really important documentary to as a part of that discussion. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that it, could it, be really neat. Not not many views on IMDb, and it's uh, it'll it's seventy two minutes, so <laughs> easy yeah. to catch. Yeah, that sounds really really fascinating. Yeah, I am really really excited to try to catch uh, a new leaf, uh, and this is one I'll probably probably catch before it goes. I think listening to the complete podcast really whet my appetite to dig into Elaine May's filmography and I'm going to try to catch most of her work over the next few months. Oh, excellent. Um, and, yeah, and you uh, have a podcast to listen to as you do that. So. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I've already, I've already listened to the thing. I, you know, I don't typically care a whole lot about spoilers. Mm. So I know most of what's happened in, in most of these films, but you know, I, I, 
I will uh, still be really eager to to dig into a new leaf to try to track down the heartbreak kid. And uh, I've got the uh, Mikey and Nikki, the criterion edition, uh, try to find a good copy of Ishtar somewhere, but to really, to really dig into the, the things that she was uh, looking at and to try to, to look at, at this, her approach to, to looking at uh, kind of this, the follies of masculinity uh, from from what it looks like. And so uh, I'm excited to start off with the new leaf. And uh, so I want to catch it before it leaves the channel. Um, right. I will undoubtedly pick up a copy of this at some point. I think it's on Olive, uh, an Olive release. Right. But um, while yeah, I, I've while the Masters of Cinema, so I've been yeah, holding yeah. on to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like while while I have the option to watch it on Criterion, I might as well watch it here. So that's great. Agreed. Yeah. Um, but I also uh, am really eager to try to round out my Preston Sturgis viewing. Um, I've seen most of the the films that are in the bundle, and I really, really love so many of them. But there are a handful that I haven't seen. Uh, like Christmas in July and the great McGinty and I think uh, hail the conquering hero. So there are enough there that, that I just, I haven't had a chance to watch yet. And so I'm very eager to, to dig into the Preston Sturgis stuff that I haven't seen. And uh, I think he is uh, one of the great uh, classic film directors. And uh, yeah, I think it'll be a, a really fun, a fun project to try to, to catch some of those before they leave. Very smart. I I think I've only seen one or two, which is I, I is especially sad. So I need to <laughs> watch many more. I mean, and, and a number of these are on physical disc as well in the <laughs> collection. So you know, it's well worth your time. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Well, uh, those are the Criterion Channel's new and expiring titles for the month of May. Mark, since uh, we're not doing a full the full panoply of episodes as I'm mm. continuing to uh, recover from my, my illness, uh, I want to take a little bit of time and just ask, do you have any recommendations for people for films that aren't on the channel that are uh, streaming elsewhere? I do. So th- there's a couple that I've caught up recently, and uh, I was a movie subscriber earlier this year, mm-hmm. and I-, I hadn't really used them much until, you know, I had this, I think it was like a dollar for three months or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So I caught up with one was Songs My Brother Taught Me, Chloe Zhao's mm-hmm. first film. That I-, I-, I really see a lot of Terrence Malick in that film, especially mm-hmm. just the way uh, the camera beholds her characters and how it moves around them. I, I think the, the best part of that film was that, that the dynamic between the brother and sister and, you know, the way that they survive, you know, get through this tragedy as they're living on the reservation. So I highly recommend that one, especially if you like The Rider, which I think is still her best film and uh, mm-hmm. Nomadland. And uh, this is on Canopy and Hoopla as well. So uh, three three areas to, to see it, of That's course, great. movie. That's great. And the other one is uh, one of my favorite films of is actually my number eight film of 2020 uh, that is still on movie and canopy, which is Beanpole. This is from Kantamir Balagoff. It's his second feature. And I, I'm just amazed at how 
steady uh, his hand is as a such a young director. Uh, he's he he studied under Sokarov, um, so he's certainly one to watch. Um, I the reds and greens in this film, just the cinematography. Mm-hmm was easily the best thing that I had seen, you know, from that area, uh, area last year. And it's a, it's a tough one. Uh, the guys at the first time watchers podcast always, you know, give me grief for watching, <laughs> you know, miserabilism, but you know, I, I like miserabilism with a, with a, you know, a reason and the effect of war, uh, that war trauma on these women. I mean, the, there it's these two women that were f- actually fighting in the war, but it's 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 tough, but it's uh, certainly a standout film for me. And uh, just yeah, the best way you can see it. Make sure you're watching an HD, um, you know, movie canopied. I think it's on a um, Kino Blu-ray. So that's yeah. Beatpole. Yeah, I saw that last year. I saw that actually during my uh, my at home film festival last year, and ah. ju- I think it premiered on movie at that time, and. It's it's stunning. You're right. It is really really incredible. Um, and I I found a an interview with him and mm. uh, was really really impressed uh, by just the thoughtfulness and the the care that he took in telling the story. It yeah. was really really impressive. Um, I think it's a a really stellar film that I'm always I'm always hesitant when. Uh, male filmmakers are telling these stories of women yes. who've been traumatized by war or by tra- by traumatized by anything. And he really was respectful, mm-hmm. uh, didn't sensationalize it, and really seemed to understand the effects of trauma on these women. And uh, it was a really, really impressive film. Uh, I really, really appreciated it. So, yeah, yeah I, think, I, can't I think believe it's a great recommendation. Second second time director, and and you're right. Yeah. You know, it, it feels like a um, you know just surprised that it is a man that is, that is directing it. So, and yeah. I, my my guard was up as well, and I was very impressed. So yeah, yeah, yeah. no, that was great. Yeah, I uh, I want to recommend. Uh, so I I do my Oscar run every year. Try to watch everything that has been uh, nominated, and uh, you know during the last couple of weeks I was watching you know mainly the dregs of the Oscar season, but there are a couple of things that stood out to me, and I'll I'll just share one of them. One was uh, Matteo Garone's Pinocchio. I didn't know what to expect from it. But uh, I absolutely adored this movie. It is creepy. It is strange. It is weird. It's surprisingly touching and affecting at times. It is dark. It it is everything that I think a good fairy tale should be. And uh, the the makeup work in this film is really really stunning. It is you, you think almost that you're watching computer generated characters but none of them are they're all practical makeup effects it's mm. it's a really really lovingly crafted film and you know, i think about um the the setting of the film you know there are all of these we, we see all of these courtyards and all of these um you know pinocchio and geppetto are in this kind of old italian courtyard that reminds me of the setting of tree of wooden clogs and so we mm. we get some of these these settings that you would get in um kind of classic italian cinema and so the everything feels more grounded in reality rather than um fanciful uh, like you'd get in the disney cartoon or in so many other retellings of the story 
The film features Roberto Benigni as Geppetto, and Roberto Benigni probably gives the best performance I have ever seen him give. It's the most understated. Mm. It's the most tamped down. I I forget sometimes that uh, Matteo Garone, you know, he he vacillates between or he goes between these you know gritty crime dramas like Gomorrah and Dogman, yeah. and then he goes and does these fanciful films like Tale of Tales and uh, Pinocchio, and uh, so I love that he has this these kind of twin impulses in him. Again, Pinocchio is not a perfect film, but mm. it in the midst of watching a lot of really bad Oscar nominees uh, that. I was just groaning my way through <laughs> Pinocchio came like a breath of fresh air and uh, it was, it was a lovely film. So uh, it's available uh, on uh, VOD right now and you can pick it up on, I'm sure Blu-ray or disc, but it's one that I think is definitely worth uh, catching uh, for anyone that is looking for maybe a darker version of the fairy tale, at least until uh, Del Toro's very dark version comes out later this <laughs> later, I think this year or next year. Right. Yeah, I this wasn't on my radar, and I didn't re- realize that Garone was tied to it. So thanks for the recommendation. I'm going to have yeah. to uh, prioritize that. I, I actually just came off of a couple of dark fa- fairy tales, um, as you say. And I, sorry to put you on the spot, and I don't know no. if you caught them, but Bluebeard and the Sleeping Beauty, those two yeah. from the Catherine Brea bundle, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, caught those before they left. And, I, you know, it's... I think Sleeping Beauty was probably even stranger, and I think Bluebeard is is certainly a little bit stronger mm-hmm. film. But her her take on uh, both of those, I I like the. You're right. It's it's nice to have kind of that gritty style for the you know these fairy tales rather than the the Disney ties versions. So yeah, yeah. I I Good definitely call. like definitely like Catherine Braille's take on those films. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Well, Mark, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you, Josh. I really appreciate it. I, I wanted to tell you that um, I think you are uh, extremely hardworking and thoughtful in your your film thoughts that you share on Facebook and you know what you, you you do for podcasting and what you share here. So I I have the utmost respect for anyone that can host and edit a podcast themselves and. <laughs> keep it going especially with you know with the medical issues that you've been working through and i'm you know well, excited you. to hear that that's you know moving forward and uh, that you're you're keeping the movie watching going so yes, very nice yes. work well thank you well Absolutely. where can people find you online um i don't post a ton but you can find me on the website on criterion cast i have a couple of written reviews there and a number of podcasts criterion close-up and criterion now you mentioned uh and facebook uh twitter you can find me and and letterbox really it's all under mark herney the last name is h-u-r-n-e awesome that's awesome thank you this has been great yeah thanks josh it's a pleasure You can find Criterion Channel Surfing at CriterionCast.com and our website, CinemaCocktail.com. And you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by searching for Criterion Channel Surfing. If you'd like to continue the conversation, join us in the Criterion Channel Club Facebook group or send us a message at CriterionChannelSurfing at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at Josh Hornbeck. Our logo was designed by Doug McCambridge of the Good Times Great Movies podcast. You can see more of his design work at dpmdesigns.com. 
Criterion Channel Surfing is a proud member of Criterion Cast, a podcast network and website for fans of quality theatrical and home video releases. Find out more at CriterionCast.com and support the work of Criterion Cast at Patreon.com slash CriterionCast. Criterion Channel Surfing is listener supported, so please consider donating to the show at Patreon.com slash Josh Hornbeck. For just $5 a month, you get early access to all regular and bonus episodes of the show. And for $10 a month, you'll have the chance to give my guest and I a film to discuss on a special Patreon-only bonus episode. I'd like to thank this month's new Patreon supporter, Miles Atwood. Thank you so much for supporting the show. And thanks to all of our regular and ongoing supporters. Your support really does mean so much. On the next episode of Criterion Channel Surfing, my guest and I will sit down to discuss June's new and expiring titles. I hope you'll join us. Thanks for listening. Criterion Cast, a podcast network and website for fans of quality theatrical and home video releases. Find out more at CriterionCast.com.